Good morning, everybody. What a fantastic morning. Sam, what a great story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Isn't that exciting as to what's going on? We're talking about hope, and we've been through the past few weeks all about hope. You guys that are at home, I hope that you are doing good things at home. And we're all speaking about this concept of hope. What does hope do? How does hope affect us? How do we handle hope? And you know, hope is with us, whether we like it or not. Every single one of us, wherever you are, anywhere in the world, we have hope. We hope for things every single day. There's not a day that goes past where we don't hope for something. We hope this happens, we hope that. And you know what we say? We don't even think about hope consciously anymore. It's just there all the time. We use the word hope all the time without even thinking about it. It's just natural in our being that we hope for things. How many times do we say, or how many times do we hear people saying to us, oh, well, I hope you guys are well. You've all said that. Or how about, hope to see you soon. Or how about, well, I hope things will be okay. Or I hope I passed my exam. Or I hope the result was positive or negative, depending on your circumstances. And we use this word hope all the time, whether we think about it consciously or not. We, we say these things all the time. You, you, new parents will, we hope that we'll be pregnant soon, or we hope that we won't be pregnant soon. Um, we're, hoping, we're hoping for him or we're hoping for her to come right. I hope he'll make it. And we use this word hope absolutely glibly and freely. And we just talk about it all the time. Do we actually mean what we're saying? No, invariably not. But we just hope for everything. And when we talk about hope like that, it's very flippant, it's very casual, it's very shallow. You know, okay, I hope I see you next week. But actually, you don't really. But we use the words nonetheless. We need to have hope. We need to be hopeful. We have to have hope. We hope, we hope for things. We hope for circumstances. Hope is a positive thing, not a negative thing. We all have hope. We all should have hope. We need to work, to work towards having that hope. We need to be ambitious. God wants us to be ambitious towards the things and the hopes that he's given us. Remember, our hope is in you, Lord. Remember that. And he'll lead us and guide us in the hopes and ambitions that we have all the time. But you know what? When God talks about hope, it's very different to, well, well I hope I'll see you tomorrow. God doesn't use hope like that. God used hope in a very, very, very different manner. His hope has much, much more meaning than ours in everything we do. God's hope contains significant meaning, and I'll show you that just now. God's hope contains absolute truth. So when we say, well, I hope I'll see you tomorrow, we probably don't mean we're gonna see you tomorrow, but when God uses the word hope, he doesn't use it like we do. When God uses the word hope, it is real. It is truthful, it's reality. When God says, I want you to hope for these things, it's real, it's going to happen. And I'll show that to you just now. God's hope is integrous, it's full of integrity of God. God's hope is deep. It's not just flippant or casual or light like our hope is. God's hope is real, it is deep, it's integrous. God's hope contains promise. 
I hope you're feeling okay today. Actually, you don't really hope that. But God, when God says, this is what hope is going to achieve, it's real, it's a promise from our Father. Our hope is in you, Lord. God's hope contains commitment. He is committing this to you. He's saying, if you hope like this, this is what will happen. And he commits that to you. And when God hopes something for you or teaches you something about hope, God enters into a partnership with you. So all these things of hope that we say casually every single day of our lives, or we hear all these things about hope, we say, well, this, that, the next thing, hope. God's different. When God uses the word hope, it is very powerful. Jeremiah, lovely, lovely verse. This is great. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil. Why? To give you a future and a hope. Isn't that great? The Message Bible was such a great translation. It says, hey, I know what I'm doing, says the Lord. I love that. I know what I'm doing. I've planned it all for you. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. And plans to give you the future you hope for. So where I said to you, it's good to have hope. It's necessary for us to have hope. It's necessary for us to be ambitious to have that hope, to be led by God to have that hope that he gives us. And he will set our feet on the paths of his truth and his hope. And then God says, I know what I'm doing. So I know what I'm doing with Sam's hearing. I know what I'm doing, he says. I've planned it all for you. So before we even existed, God's plan for you was there. And he, and he wants you to have hope. He wants you to exercise that hope. He wants you to continue to have that hope, which leads to ambition. But the psalm says, blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Blessed is he. Do you want to be blessed? You guys at home, do you want to be blessed? I want to be blessed. And if we want to be blessed, what does it say? Whose hope, we've got to have hope, is in the Lord. Blessed is he whose hope is in the Lord. My hope's in the Lord. And I want to be blessed. Listen, we all know these verses so well. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. We hoping things all the time. It's good to hope those things. That's what builds our faith. Our faith in him who gives us that hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. My hope is in you, said Psalms. And, and hope never disappoints. Where's my phone? There it is. Um, this is one of my favorite passages here, which I'm just gonna share with you quickly. It comes from Romans. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, you all know this. Since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Listen here. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Because sufferings produces endurance. Endurance in that suffering produces character. And here's the best part. 
character produces hope. So listen to that again. So we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our sufferings produce endurance, ambition, steadfastness, and our endurance produces character, and our character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame ever because God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So our suffering ultimately produces hope. God wants you to have hope all the time. He never, and he will never ever disappoint you in, in, that, in that hope. So that's easy. Cool, well done Tim, you said the right words, fantastic. How do we do that? Good question. So how do we change our concept of hope, our diction of hope, our casualness, our lightness of hope into what we call hope, into what God refers to hope? How do we do that? Actually, I don't know. But I've written some ideas here which help me to have that hope in all our lives. So the first thing that I think encourages me to have hope and strengthens me to have hope is prayer. God wants us to pray about everything. Our entire lives must be covered in prayer. From the seriousness we had to the less serious. For example, Sheila will be going to the shops and she's driving her car and she actually does this. And she prays the Lord, Lord, please give me a rock star parking. That's what she calls it. Sure enough, time after time after time, there's a parking at the entrance to the building of the thing. So from the serious prayer to the very insignificant light prayer, our lives must be covered in prayer all the time. The next thing is faith. We have to have that faith. Remember, character builds faith and hope. We've got to have all that. Um, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if we have that faith, that faith is built by that hope. Hope is the substance of that faith. Just in the last month or six weeks or thereabout, I've been involved in two funerals. The first was a fantastic memory of an incredible godly woman. And it was a celebration. It was a happy occasion. It was a This is a woman who has prayed for me almost my whole life, which is probably why I'm standing here still. But watching her and how she's gone through and the family that got together to bid her farewell was a celebration. It was a fantastic event. It was filled with hope. It was filled with faith. Why? Because she demonstrated where she was. She had her faith. She had her hope. And the family knew that. It wasn't just a, uh, I hope this has happened. No, no, they knew that. Lord, receive this precious, precious lady. And it was a fantastic celebration for everybody that was there. But at the same time, I was involved in another funeral. And this particular one was hopeless. It was faithless. And these people didn't know the Lord. They didn't know Jesus. In fact, they shunned him. They walked away from him and they didn't want to know. And even though I testified to them and showed them, they actually thought that I was being irreverent almost because I was so excited about this old lady that I had loved so much. 
and with them and I tried to share with them the truth and the hope that I had and the hope that I have and the faith that I have. And they didn't understand that. The difference between the two occasions was enormous. The one was hopeful and filled with that faith and the other occasion was desperate and hopeless and faithless, terrible. The third way we can increase our hope and what we should do and we should change is to practice. Now you know that every single thing that we do requires practice. If you wanna do anything well, what have you gotta do? You have to practice. What does that mean? You gotta practice and exercise your faith. Exercise your hope. Let me give you some examples quickly as to what that means. Within the Jews for Jesus environment, we, we entered into a thing called immersion, where we immersed ourselves into the Johannesburg Jewish Society. And we went and had coffee in Melrose Arch and, and in Glen Hazel and all those good places where the South African Joburg Jews hang, hung out, hang out. And I was sitting there with our missionary and we were just chatting about things. And there were two Hasidic rabbis sitting at a table quite next to us there. And I just had it in me to say to the waiter, please, can we pay, bring me their bill, please. So the waiter said, okay, and he brought me their bill and I paid for it. And then when they called for the bill, the waiter went away, he cleared their table, etc., and then he came to them with a tray and um, it was their bill and he had written on paid. So the, the one rabbi turned to the other one, I could see that they were just sitting a couple of meters away from us. And he looked at the guy and said, what are you talking about? And then he pointed to Aiden and I, and, uh, and they paid for it. They, they didn't know what was going on. They came to me, and they said, what are you doing? And I just said, Yahweh wanted you to know that he loves you. That's all. That's all I said. But it's practicing our faith. If God tells you to do something, you have to practice that. That's going to increase your hope in the Lord Jesus. Lastly, as far as that's concerned, we have to confess, confession. We're all gonna make mistakes. There's not one of you, not one of me, not one of you online that is perfect by any means. I used to say to people that, well, I, I, you know, I used to be conceited, but now I'm perfect, but that's not real. Um, anyway, so none of us are there, and we, but we're working on it. We are working to get towards perfection. We will be perfect one day. We're working on it, and we gotta confess that to the Lord, saying, Lord, I really messed up there, sorry, please forgive me. Please help me have that hope. Please help me have that faith so that I can get back to where I should be. So these are all things that happen to us personally. But what about our church? What about the church of Jesus? What about the bride of Christ? This is the bride of Christ. What's happened to the church? What is happening to the church? Over the past 18 months, we all know, and we're sitting here this morning because of that experience. So the church has changed. The concept of church has changed. What's gonna to happen to the church as we know today? What's, we know where our history was, we know where we've come from. What's our hope for the church? Where are we? We're hoping for ourselves. What's our hope for the church, the bride of Christ? We know where we were, we know where we are currently. What about tomorrow? What's gonna to happen? What are you hoping for? Should you have hope for the church? The answer definitely, unequivocally is yes, absolutely. God wants you to have that hope. God wants you to have that ambition. God wants you to see the bride of Christ healthy. We have to hope. We have to hope for ourselves. We have to hope for our church. We have to hope that we can be the light on this hill, 
shining out there to everybody else. So we know what our hope makes our faith stronger. We've spoken about that already. The more we hope, the stronger our faith. We spoke about that. Our hope, our faith in the church has got to grow. It says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. So whether we're gathering here in this building, whether we're gathering there online, we are together. The more we gather, the stronger our faith. And even though I may not be in this building, I'm there and I'm watching and I'm seeing and I'm enjoying and rejoicing. Yes, it's much nicer for me to be here, but we have to deal with what we gotta do. We have to have that hope. That's what's gonna make the bride of Christ that much stronger. We can't let that go. Every eye will see the risen king coming. That's what the Bible says. How on earth is that gonna happen? I thought to myself for many, 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 many years. And this set of circumstances that we find ourselves in now as the church showed me the answer. It's so simple. And remember Jeremiah saying, hey, I planned this whole thing. I know what's going on, says the Lord. What did he plan? Every eye will see him. How is that gonna be possible? Is he gonna come to Joburg? Is he gonna come to Jerusalem, New York, Tokyo? Every eye will see him. How? Bing, the penny dropped. I thought, well, every eye that is watching this YouTube video now is seeing me and hearing me and talking about me and they can hear what I'm saying. When Cyril gets up for his family preach, a third maybe, 25% of South Africa can watch Cyril saying his thing. When the Lord Jesus comes into the clouds, every eye will see him. This is how. I never thought of that, but isn't that interesting? And God said, I planned this whole thing already thousands of years ago. So it's easy. Every knee will bow and tongue confess. So that's fine. So now I wanna show you a little story. I'm gonna, can I take this stand? This one. Oh, here, thank you, next. I'm gonna put that there. Thank you. Right. Now, can you all hear me? Not yet. I want to tell you about how we hope and what we do. And I want to talk to you about Tiny Tim. Here he is. Can you all see Tiny Tim? He's so small. He's so insignificant. And he stands there every day. He says, oh, Lord, I know that you want me to be big and strong, but look at me. I'm so small, small, I can't do anything, I'm not strong, what can I do? And he stands there and he looks like this, he says, God says, hope in me, I will give you everything, I've planned this whole thing. He says, yeah, but look at me, Lord, I'm so small. And then, look at old Patrick over there. So old Patrick arrives. Here's cool Patrick. Can you all see cool Patrick? Patrick said, oh, look at him. <laughs> I want to be like Patrick. Why can't I be like Patrick? Look how big Patrick is. And God says, just have hope in me. Yeah, but look at him. He was the captain of the tennis team and he has three girlfriends and I don't have any. And uh -huh, look at him. And God says, just have hope in me. Just trust me. Yeah, but look at him. I'm so small and like Patrick's double the size and he's much stronger than me and he's much more effective than me. What can I do? <laughs> and then it gets worse. So then Ephraim comes along. 
and here's your frame. And Tiny Tim looks at your frame and says, Oh, Gavolt, Lord G, what am I going to do? I, I, I hope to be like that one day, but I can't ever see it happening. What am I going to do here, Lord? How am I going to handle this? And even Patrick says, Well, you know, I was the captain of the tennis team, but Ephraim was the head boy. And he was the chairman of the SRC. And he's the managing director of my company. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get to be like him. I hope that I can get to him like that one day, but I don't know if I can ever do that. But you know what? The Lord Jesus holds you in the palm of his hand. And he'll never, ever let you go. And he says, I don't care. I don't care, Tiny Tim, what you've done. I don't care anything like that. I love you and I will hold you and I will never, ever, ever let you go. You are in the palm of my hand. And you know what the Lord does in one nanosecond? He says, Sow! and they are all the same. God says, I don't care, Tiny Tim. Hope in me. Have faith in me. You are as strong as Ephraim. You are as strong as Patrick. It doesn't matter where you come from. Have your hope in me, build your hope in me, and I will make you strong. Amen.